Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You know, you had to sneak the latest Wes McCauley gem in there for the final half hour of Oilers Now. It's Brendan Escott uh, steering the ship home today uh, behind the board and trying to talk to you and guide you through it. So forgive me if there's any uh, technical difficulties on that front. But we do have our NHL insider John Shannon aboard with us. We'll get to him in uh, just a second here. We've got a hockey game tonight, 5 o'clock puck drop on 6.30. Ched, it will not feature the McDavid-Matthews matchup that we all yearn for for, but we will see uh, well what Leon Dreisaitl can do in that head-to-head matchup, I suppose, against uh, Austin Matthews, who will, in fact, suit up, tested positive on Monday, negative yesterday, and then negative again today. Not the same for the Oilers captain, of course. So, without further ado, let's get some insight on, uh, well, the team that's the talk of the hockey world right now, and that is your Edmonton Oilers, not necessarily for the best reasons. Our NHL insider John Shannon, brought to you by Legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. John, I appreciate you taking time as always. How's it going today? It's going great, Brendan. Although, you know, I mean, you know, Bob Stauffer's in Toronto. He hasn't called. He hasn't written. I haven't heard a word. You know, he must be stuck in his room still. Well, that's what I'm hearing is that it's it's quite the lockdown. And maybe that's a good place to pick things up as we preview this game tonight because there won't be fans taking this one in again. So that takes a little bit of the sting away from the fact that McDavid's not going to be playing there in his hometown, of course. But Zach Hyman's return now uh, a little less special in that sense. Uh, I mean, you're you're in the thick of it there in Ontario. It, it sounds like they're really clamping things down. So maybe a thought on that. John and and the ramifications that it's having on the two Ontario teams. Well, I, I think that you know when when Ottawa and Toronto uh, both were told by the provincial government they could have no more than a thousand people in their arena uh, was in many ways the the straw that broke the camel's back for the NHL, and we started to see these postponements uh, from early January moving on, and and really the only factor. In the in the Oilers playing uh, in Toronto tonight, as Ottawa played in Toronto on Saturday, is is that there's a national TV contract that has to be respected, uh, and enough revenue from the national TV deal that allows this game to be played. Otherwise, I suspect it would have been moved, just as the Carolina game that was supposed to be here in Toronto on Monday night uh, has been moved to a later date. Um, you know the, the the provincial government here is in a in a lockdown for two weeks. Hopefully that they can uh, flatten the uh, the Omicron curve a little bit, and we'll we'll see what happens. But I suspect that uh, there's a good chance that come the first of February, when games start to get rescheduled, uh, that uh, the Maple Leafs will be playing in front of this same crowd that we're going to see tonight, which is 
Zero. And that's obviously from a team perspective, the least ideal situation, but how much control do they really have relative to the circumstances they're put in? And and maybe, you know, in that same breath, is this where we start to pursue opportunities, keeping all teams south of the border to avoid such a restriction and, and the lost revenue, I suppose, that would go hand in hand with that? Yeah, I, I don't think we're there yet. Um, I, I think what the league is doing is trying to evaluate between now and the all-star slash old Olympic break to figure out what to happen. Uh, you, you know, the, the, there are 92 games, I believe the number is, that have to be rescheduled. Uh, some teams don't have very many uh, to reschedule. The Canadian teams obviously have more. Um, and and I, I think that they're just going to play it by ear. There, there is a real belief that, that we will get through this uh, surge uh, quickly. Uh, and th- th- at least that's what the hope is. And, th- and that we can get back to some level of normalcy in time for that 18-day break. Uh, where those most of those 90 games are supposed to be placed. Chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon, and what I'm hearing is some teams, John, now with the situation ahead of them, with the games that have already been postponed, for example, let's look at the Islanders, who for the rest of the way may be playing something to the effect of like 54 games in 107 days. So that's, you know, back-to-backs every single week. You know, it starts to mm-hmm. really compress that schedule. So, um, you know, I guess I'm wondering whether we get to a point here as things start to reemerge from what they've called this, you know, this outbreak. Are they going to get to a stage where they lose the ability to postpone and just have to kind of trudge through it, regardless of what the the numbers look like? Uh, You you know, I I think it changes every day, Brendan. I think that, you know, they, they look at numbers every day. They talk to the health authorities every day to say what's next where where do you see uh, areas of concern um, obviously the provincial governments in Alberta and British Columbia have a different feeling uh, and a different philosophy of what's going on compared to what's going on in in Ontario and Quebec um, so that might change some of the thinking is that you can you play the games in, in Western Canada where at least you can put half the crowds into into the arenas, uh, whereas the three and Manitoba is actually in the same boat as as Ontario as well because Winnipeg Winnipeg's allowed to put 250,000 250 people in their arena at this point. Um, so what we're, I think we're just going to have to wait and see. You know, the the compressed schedule is an interesting thing. In that, yes, you're right, but let's not let's not overanalyze that because we were going to start seeing a compressed schedule anyway because of the Olympic break. There was going to be a lot more games played in a in, in a shorter period of time, so I I don't I don't think uh, the compressed schedule was as big an issue because it's always an issue when they take time to go to the Olympics as they have in in previous uh, seasons. Well, the Oilers are without one more critical member of their team and Tyson Berry and Derek Ryan uh, uh, joining Connor McDavid in COVID protocol won't play tonight. And this comes as really the Oilers have been a hot button topic across the NHL south of the border. What's going wrong with this team? The sky seems to be falling in. If you ask 
the internal members of the franchise, you got a bit of a different story. But, you know, with this sort of public exchange of words with the coach calling out the goaltender and the goaltender responding as, frankly, he should, I think, in a situation like that. But the team is 2-8-2 and in the last stretch of games here, John. And, and I'm wondering, you know, your temperature gauge on, on the severity of the situation right now. And maybe a lot of that is tied in to do with just the health of the team. Yeah, but, but every team has gone through COVID. Every team has this issue. Uh, so it, you, you almost want to try to look beyond uh, that problem in, in so many ways. Uh, let, let's face it, 2-8-2, and two, we know it's not good enough. Uh, if, this, if this spiral continues, then you know something has to happen. Um, do we have a definitive date of when that is? No, we don't. Um, y- you know, and, and as far as the the Tippett Koskinen thing, uh, y- you know, Miko Koskinen made two mistakes in the first period. I thought he was really good the rest of the way. Um, y- you know, and and some if you could, you're going to sit and argue over the Kreider deflection or one of the other goals, uh, if if it hadn't been for Koskinen in periods two and three at Madison Square Garden, it might have been six or seven to one. Uh, I thought he played pretty well at times, but he got off to a horrendous start. This is so much with this Oiler Hockey Club on so many levels about starts, isn't it? I mean, f- f- not just starts, first goals against. Um, you know, playing from behind is difficult. The emotional toll it's taking on this team. It, you know, people's philosophies change if they have a one nothing lead and then they can just clamp down and make sure that McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, aren't factors and, and the world changes and, and that becomes the problem. And if, if you were to sit here and ask me, other than the depth of the team, what's the biggest issue? And it's just these horrendous, horrendous starts this team has con- and, and right now quite consistently. So what is the missing motivational factor there? I know you don't necessarily have the most experienced leadership group, but you do have guys that have been there before, and their passion to win is something that I really can't question when you think about Nurse and McDavid and and Dreisaitl. I think that their frustration shows at a time like this, certainly. But their passion to win isn't there. So, you know, is it... Well, we no, 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 the passion to win... I mean, every player in the National Hockey League wants to win. Uh, the, 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 the problem becomes is we don't see it. I think that that's probably what you mean. I mean, these guys are all elite competitors. Yeah, and that's what um, I'm trying to say. I may have misspoken in saying that. Like, I believe that well, all these I guys just, want to toe you, you, on the same rope, but are they missing uh, some sort of fire ignition? Are they missing that in Mike Smith, maybe? And is that part of the reason why the starts have been so so troublesome lately? I, I mean, I, I I I think that it. I, I think if I knew that answer, I might be a coach in the National Hockey League, Brendan. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Know, and boy, I'd be great behind the bench. I tell you what, I'd. Be pacing. I'd be, I'd be standing on top of the boards. I mean, it would be the the second coming of grapes in Boston in 1978. It would be fun to watch. I would not sure I could coach very well, but we'd certainly have fun. Oh, the cameras um, would be on you. Abusing oh, a piece of gum like Pete Carroll only can. Well, Pete Carroll or, or or Pat Quinn was Pat Quinn was pretty good on the gum, and yeah, then he would if they lost, he'd toss it on the ice too. So um, the the, uh, the 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 starts to me are. 
are, are, are what really dictate so much of the emotional flow. And whether, whether I'm not sure that part can come from Mike Smith. Uh, we've, we've heard a ton about how good Mike Smith is in the room, how fiery he can be, and how much, uh, how much draft he can create for his teammates. Uh, and perhaps that will be a difference tonight when he starts. Um, but at the same time, uh, that's why Duncan Keith's on this team now. That's why Zach Hyman's on this team now. I think that the return of Zach Cassian, if Cassian has you know, watched from afar to say, holy smokes, I can help these guys, perhaps there's something there too. Um, but uh, the, the players, as you know, the players are saying everything right. They're saying, you know, it's all on us. We need to be better. Um, but the world of gripping your stick too, too hard and, 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 and getting through that and fighting through it uh, has, has become a challenge. Overthinking has become a challenge. Uh, and that's something that uh, I think most teams go through. It's not something that's a, you know, an, an anal analytics number. It's the emotional side of this game that creates all of these issues. Um, and it's, it's difficult to do in, the, in, a, in a COVID world when you, know, you get your first PCR test in the morning and then you hope and pray that you're not getting tapped on the shoulder saying you have to stay in your hotel room for five more days. Yeah, that's from a player's standpoint, the eggshells walking on that and the frustration, I can't even imagine and then as a coach you've got to try and game plan around it and I'm sure they're doing a great job of blocking out all the noise but I'll tell you what John I am just floored at the amount of, of attention that's being directed at the Oilers team right now maybe it speaks to how successful a start to the season they had but obviously a stark contrast in in the last 12 games so you know in terms go ahead well I, I mean I, I think it speaks to um to, to the personalities of the people uh, of this franchise. I mean, this is an iconic franchise. Uh, and when, when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and that power play have you at, its, have it, have you at 16 and 5, uh, in many ways you are the talk of the National Hockey League. Um, and, you, you know, the <laughs> feel-good stories don't last very long in sports. Partic and don't last very long in hockey, Brendan. Mm -hmm. You know, p people like watching car crashes. Uh, people, uh, people outside of the market. That means like watching car crashes. So, so for for the the world to see the Oilers struggle and the power play not be what it was, uh, and uh, bl blowing leads late in order to you know to to lose a point. Um, that's that's the that's the the the, the water cooler conversation uh, in the hockey world all the time, and so people revel in watching teams get frustrated. And 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 listen, it, it's you know it's not a game for a lot of people. It's a passion and it's a career. Um, and the discussions about people losing jobs can be very personal inside an organization, and and becomes fodder of of you know television and radio talk shows yeah, and, and and that and and that exacerbates everything that exacerbates it every everything every day it's not fair it's not right it's impersonal it's harsh but it's a reality of living in the in the bubble of a canadian hockey market 
I don't think that there's any chance that Dave Tippett genuinely loses his job out of this. I don't think that the team is going to sink to a level that would allow that to happen. That's just my personal belief. And, you know, at the end of this three-year term coming up around the corner, there's no need to make that a mid-season move. So if you're looking at some sort of addition to the roster being the catalyst for change here, if you're looking at a rental, I'll ask you whether it's a depth forward or a goaltender at this point that would be more impactful in your opinion. Because limited assets seem to be in play here for the Oilers in terms of what you'd give up. I don't know that you're going to get everything on the list oh, right I, now. I, 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 I probably would go for a goaltender. Uh, I, if I could find a goaltender that I believed in that could be a difference maker. Um, but again, and this, and this is this is the great thing of if you sit and talk with general managers, um, and you know, could you go get uh, could you go get an elite goaltender? Maybe. But what's your cap space like? Ooh, that's a problem. Uh, what would you have to give up? First round pick, second round pick? Ooh, not sure I want to do that for the long term. So, so it's it's easy to sit and say, well, we need a goalie and we need a defenseman, or we need a you know a, a third line center. Um, you, you know, from from that perspective. But what are you giving up, and what do you have to change in order to the, the domino effect of your roster or your organization in order to make it work? So it, it's not as simple as just doing that. Well, let's go get so and so. Mark Andre Fleury's available. Let's go get him. Oh, that, does, that doesn't really make much sense at this at this point. Um, if you have to give up a lot, uh, and so that becomes that becomes the, again fodder for conversation, uh, and it's one of the things that I'm sure that does keep you know. Kenny Holland and every general manager in the National Hockey League awake at nights trying to figure out what happens next. And it keeps people tuning in to all of we your We haven't mentioned today we, 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 we have we haven't mentioned today. You know, we talk about no no McDavid, no Ryan, no Barry, no Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You know, and and uh, you know that, that that's a huge blow. And now that he's on the injured reserve, that's a huge blow to this organization. When when he he be, he's become so much of a Swiss Army knife uh, for for the Oilers, doing a little bit of everything. And you know, what was a factor when the power play was at its best. Very good point, and actually another player that was getting tossed out uh, on some other stations as as trade fodder, if you will, for from the Oilers' perspective, he's too valuable in too many aspects to their game. Hopefully, that's not well. And I don't think you're trading a guy. I don't think you're trading a guy you just signed to an eight-year deal. I, I, I really don't. Silly comment, but again, Johnny touches too many areas of the game. We'll see uh, how they fare without him tonight. Always appreciate chatting with you. Okay, Brendan, have a great day. Likewise. That's John Shannon, our NHL insider, joining us uh, from Ontario. The Oilers and the Maple Leafs later on tonight, an afternoon one, uh, 3.30 face-off show, 5 o'clock puck drop on 6.30. Chad, it's Brendan Escott here. Bob Stoffer will be part of that broadcast. He's getting ready right now, so I'll be back to wrap up Oilers now after this. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. When you're in a situation you take the positives out of the game, like there was some there were some real good stretches in that game. You look at you know our possession time doubled them in their in their zone, right? So you gotta find find places that you're doing things well and try to accentuate those. You still gotta take some mistakes out of your game. But uh, but 
with our group right now, we're we're trying to push the positives. We're doing some things right. We got to stay with it to try to get a better result. You're not going to hammer the negatives. That's for darn sure. There's been far too many of those lately as the record has slipped. But they're still well within the race. You and I both know that. The thing is, you can't let it slide any further than it has. I don't think that's going to result in Dave Tippett losing his job. That is way too rash a move. Way too rash a move. However, something has to spark the change. And maybe that change tonight is the fact that you don't have your captain. You don't have your ace in the hole. So uh, either you're looking to Leon and saying, hey, man, how's that back feeling while you're carrying everybody? Or you're going to be part of the solution. And we'll see who gets to step up in that role tonight. Is it another Ryan McLeod performance? Will Tyler Benson continue his hot streak of, of quality play? Find out tonight live on 6.30. Chat again, coverage coming up right after your 3.30 news. Your face-off show and then 5 o'clock puck drop. It is Cam and Rob on the call. Bob live from Scotiabank Arena with very few other people, by the way. If you're listening, it won't be too much atmospheric sound. If you're watching on TV, you won't see many butts in the seats. Just a 1,000 people as a result of the new provincial mandate for that kind of thing in Ontario. Okay, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. If you're looking for a great Oilers road trip, you can fly nonstop to Nashville with Flair Airlines. Watch the Oilers play in April for only $1,750. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. We'll go back to 1998. The Oilers trading Jason Arnott and Brian Muir to the Devils for Bill Guerin and Valerie Zelipukin. Uh, Guerin would help lead the Oilers to the conference semifinals against Dallas that year. They lost the series 8-1. to Guerin now the uh, general manager of the Minnesota Wild. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West travel again. They've got that great road trip down to Nashville in April with Flair Airlines. You'll watch the Oilers and the Predators play for only $1,750. You can call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. So a bit of an abbreviated afternoon stretch here as you imagine the sports taking over at 3.30 again. So... We've got a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then a half hour worth of 6.30 Ched Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Tomorrow, you'll hear from Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque for our friends at GCL Diesel, Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar probably have something else brewing for you. Bob will be back. I will be there as well. Enjoy the coverage tonight again. Face-off show at 3.30. Puck drop at 5. The Oilers and Maple Leafs. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.